0: Libby. And I'm Farron. And this is the tip of the iceberg.
1: Well, there it is. That's my secret. I know you're waiting <laughs> <for it.
0: laughs> Hello. Hello. And, yep. Oh, sorry. Let's do it at the exact same time. Hello. hello that's better great yep that was it that's what we wanted Was it welcome back to the tip of the iceberg we have an especially fun podcast today yeah we do we're very excited about it yeah yeah today we are featuring our safe men program which we'll tell you a little bit about but can you guys do it all in unison too
1: hello, hello. Oh,
0: wow. wow they didn't even that miss was like a second a go quartet. around this is why we fixed them yeah yep mm-hmm. wow you guys are impressive. really good work Um, yeah, so Safe Project is premiering a new program this year called the Safe Men Program. And I'm sure some of you have heard of it, and I'm sure a lot of you haven't. But what it looks like is we selected 10 of what we consider to be safe men from the community. And they're in this program for about a year. And in the program, it's half training and education-based and then half project-based. So they go through the program, they start in January and they learn about domestic violence and sexual assault and stalking and child abuse and all of these really fun things that we talk about on the podcast every week. Um, But the cool part about it is once they learn about all of this and they kind of get a good base understanding for these things, they get to develop a project for which they decide um, to help end or change gender-based violence in Laramie. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people are pretty fascinated by this program because there aren't a lot like it. And so we thought that we would um, bring some of our safe men in to talk to you all today. Yeah. Am I missing anything? Well, I think it's um, it's important to
2: recognize that there is a need for men to be involved in the movement to end violence against women, Mm -hmm. and that historically, women have always been the champions of that work, right? Like, most of the people who do this work as advocates are women, most of the people who volunteer for domestic violence and sexual assault programs are women, Mm -hmm. and I don't think, and and research shows that it's not that men don't care about these issues. In fact, they care deeply, but they don't know how to be involved. They don't know if they should be volunteers because they're not sure if survivors would feel okay with them doing advocacy.
0: Right. Um,
2: And so it can be, um, you know, they can, they can really be excluded from the movement. um, Yeah. And by the movement. And so we really feel like it's important anytime we're dealing with oppression or marginalized people, that people who have privilege and who have power Mm -hmm. are involved, right? Like we couldn't do the work we do without um, men
0: being involved in our movement.
2: So, yeah, and you super know, important. that's
0: actually kind of where the program started. It, yeah. I was thinking a lot about this, and it was a while ago. And if people remember, kind of the um, Judge Kavanaugh stuff in the news, it sure. was kind of around that time where there was a lot of talk about sexual violence in the news, and it was kind of a hot button topic for a lot of people. And there were a lot of men in my life that were so concerned, and they were like, I don't really know what to do this is obviously a problem but what do I do and if I do something will it make it worse and is this my place and what does it look like and I saw people kind of in a tailspin like how do I do something about this when I don't have the tools to do it. And so I kind of, so that was when I went to that conference. Mm -hmm. And it was, there was a panel about engaging men. And there was a a program that was kind of like this, but also really different. Mm -hmm. And, and from that, that's where Safe Men came. It came from this, from this need for men to be involved in the work and want to help. And hence we have the Safe Men program. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. So should we introduce our Safe Men? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Who wants to start? Just briefly, like, just like your deepest, darkest secret.
3: Oh. Uh, My name is Don. I am actually an instructor here at WyoTech. Wow, that is a secret. Yeah, I (laughs) know.
0: It's not a secret. You dug deep for that one.
3: Didn't know if you knew that.
0: (laughs) Perfect. After
4: introducing yourself. Uh,
0: All
4: right. I'm Ton Smith. I'm uh, currently the detective sergeant at the Laramie Police Department. I've been uh, an officer there for 15 years, and I don't really have any secrets. Yeah. I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm an open book. <laughs> wow. I
0: love that. Me too. I love that. Well, we'll, we'll really get into that throughout <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. So be ready. All right. I'm
5: Perfect. ready for that. Uh, I'm Jason. I work at the university here in town, and I uh, coach Pee Wee football. Um, and I have a soft spot for cotton candy ice cream.
0: Wow. Oh. I have never had cotton Me candy. Me either. Ice cream.
1: Are there,
5: like, little pieces of cotton candy in there? Is that the secret? I don't think so. <laughs> it's just amazing.
1: Oh. Okay. Wow. We'll see, I guess. Uh, I'm Gabe. We're going to have an after-school <laughs> program here at Laramie for uh, elementary school students. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm trying to, like, rack my brain for secrets, but I don't think anything will really top the cotton candy ice cream, so <laughs> I'm going to pass on this one. Okay.
0: We'll just put a pin in the secret yeah. thing until later on. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, well, what has been your experience with the Safe Men program so far?
5: I, I For me, I um, my experience has been super positive. Just the opportunity to um, get together with all these other guys from around Laramie um, and you, Livvy, once a week, once a month. Um, to do the trainings has just been a really positive experience. Um, but then it's been really well received by the people. People that I know, coworkers, people who kind of know about it or have heard things on the radio and things like that, um, when they learn that I'm involved, it's always really positively received and they want to know more about it and how it, um, like how it works and what we do. And So overall, I'd say really positive so far.
0: Sounds like you got a little street cred from it. <laughs> Perfect. A little Perfect. Bit.
4: This has been an interesting, I guess, an interesting experience for me. Being in law enforcement for 15 years and seeing and um, I guess being exposed to domestic violence and sexual assault from that angle. Mm-hmm. And then coming to a group like this and to see it from an advocacy side mm-hmm. is different for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess it's it's interesting and it gives me a different perspective I guess and it helps add add that advocacy perspective to me and what I do with my job and I think overall make makes me better at my job.
0: Yeah. I would totally agree. And well and I've I've only seen you in action a couple of times, but I think when I watch you work with victims, I think you do bring that advocacy piece really well. What what do you think would be the main differences between like the law enforcement side and the advocacy side?
4: Uh you know, and it's something that law enforcement officers maybe maybe have the biggest problem with. That piece is sometimes the, sometimes the compassion piece mm-hmm. to it, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, as a law enforcement officer, we might go into a situation like that um, knowing this is the road that I need to go and this is how I'm going to get there. And it's very straightforward. This is, I need to do this, this, and this, and this is how I'm going to do that, you know. And then to just but to but to slow down and and take that take that I don't know add some compassion Mm -hmm. to that and Mm -hmm. just personalize that experience with with a victim or survivor and just try to connect with them. Ultimately we're still gonna get to the end of the road where we need to go. It's just the matter in which we get there. And I think that law enforcement as a whole has come a long ways in the past several years to to add that piece in. Especially the Laramie Police Department, I feel like we have. Chief Stalder has brought in all kinds of training, trained uh, the, all the cops here for Laramie PD, put them through all kinds of trauma-informed interviewing schools, um, and brought those kinds of things to us, and mandated that, and that has improved, at least locally with Laramie PD, our response to... Victims and survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Hmm. Interesting. I never really thought about... I don't know why I haven't thought about this, but I haven't given a ton of thought to the difference between um, law enforcement and advocacy. Just because I think in Laramie we do so well um, bridging those gaps. Mm -hmm. But it makes perfect sense that you say that because... There have been experiences where I've been like, okay, we could have used a little bit more kindness here. Or you hear about stories from other places that are just uh, harder, harder to yeah. to get through. So that makes perfect sense. Hmm.
3: Yeah. I would also add that I think for me, it's just been kind of eye-opening to, you know, how big of a problem this actually is, and how, you know, I work with the younger generation of students, and I feel like you know, this is a tough subject to talk about. It's not something that everyone wants to sit around the table and talk about. And, you know, I feel like when you're kind of one-on-one with people, they're kind of on the same page. But then when you get them in a big group of people, it's not the cool, you know, subject or the cool way to act. And so I feel like for me, it's kind of it definitely opened my eyes to maybe where I need to kind of step in or try and be of assistance to, I don't know, students or maybe not even somebody that I deal with on a daily basis, just kind of just be, try and fix a problem that is here, and it is, it is a problem. So I think that would be kind of the big thing for me is just trying to do my part to better this situation that's a problem.
2: Well, and I think you're in a unique position because you work with male, predominantly male students who are pretty young. Um, a lot of them are uh, right out of high school or early 20s. And I think when they do probably get into that big group, there's more, mm, I don't know what the word would be, tasteless banter. It's kind of like a... That's a good description. Um, you know, yeah, know, <laughs> like a mob mentality that goes on. And I think that it's really important for those men, those younger men to have a male role model who doesn't just like tell them to knock it off but has like meaningful conversations with them about um, about that because we know that that perpetuates that like rape culture right mm-hmm. like those jokes about women and calling women derogatory names yeah and, you know those boys can be ruthless right so well that's where i feel like a position
3: i feel like it's good to the students look up to you and people look up to you because you're similar in age to them and they you know they can relate easier to you than somebody that's a little bit older and you know if they look up to you and then you place yourself in a situation where you're setting a good example for them i feel like that's gonna you know kind of funnel down to the younger generation because i feel like that's where the problem actually is starting from like, i really do
2: yeah.
3: and we've all discussed that That no, it's we know that yeah starts very young
0: so well, yeah absolutely
1: For me, I think a huge thing that I've really liked about Safe Men is just being with the other people in the program. Like, it's one thing learning about all this stuff just kind of on your own or with another person, but it's completely different when you have, like, ten different people who are there who all come from very different backgrounds, have different perspectives and different paradigms, and are learning about this, too. It puts it into a context to our community that I might not have thought about, and it helps me view things from a different angle that. I might have neglected from time to time. And so I think that's a really interesting piece of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually we were pretty thoughtful about that when we selected our ten men is is what we really wanted was ten men that were came from all different areas of the community. Like you you know that we have a huge variety in ages. Like our youngest person is a college freshman, right? And our oldest person I don't even know how old they're but <laughs> there's there's a, a wide age gap and lots of different, different expertises, right? Like, Gabe, you work in an after-school program. You work on a college campus. You work in law enforcement. We have another person who's a professor. Um, We have someone who owns a business. Like, there are just a bunch of different people who all bring their own unique view of this problem, and I think something kind of magic happens when you get everybody together in a group to look at the same thing from all of these different sides. Yeah. I agree have you guys
4: noticed that that was one of the first things that I picked up on too was the diversity of the group and I thought that yeah you did a really good job selecting kind of a I don't know how you say that a, a cross section of our community you know yeah. there's just bits and pieces from, from everywhere so it's a good just kind of an overall view of of our community yeah
0: I agree yeah you were really thoughtful about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's just interesting when when we talk about things like child abuse, and we bring into this group together, and, and we have people that have a very academic understanding of what child abuse looks like. And then we have someone who works hands-on with children, and then we have someone who has a couple of children. And you have all of these different perspectives that, that paint a very well-rounded picture of what this could look like.
5: I... 100% agree and your comparison to, like, sort of the academic view of it or, like, a very logical view of, in, in this case, child maltreatment versus the discussions we have. Like, I took a child maltreatment class, and there was, like, over 100 people in the class. It was just lecture, go take notes, take a test, um, read the book. And then here, like, we have this open conversation where y- you actually get to discuss it, um, like, these real issues with people who have real opinions about it, and it just makes it different. More real. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah.
0: And maybe sometimes differing opinions than you, right? Yeah. Like, we yeah. don't all have the exact same opinion on something, but I think it's, it's a cool uh, culture that we can all come together and share an opinion, and we might not all agree, but it's still okay to, to put it on the table,
1: and that's one of the things i really liked about Safe Men. Like what you were saying, you could take classes on this, but a lot of the times it's just take notes, then take a test. You're listening to one person, one perspective, all of this type of thing. But at Safe Men, it is very discussion-focused, and we have all of these different perspectives talking about these similar issues. So we are able to get a more well-rounded look at things and be able to view things from multiple perspectives, even if it's not a perspective we traditionally flock to or even believe in. Yeah.
4: But that's been really the best part for me, to to Mm, see these other perspectives and get other perspectives of other people. Because really, before this, I had one perspective of it, you know, and that's from the angle of being a, a cop and dealing with it that way for 15 years. And so it's been interesting to me to see that. And I think that we have fantastic discussions, you know, and it's like you said it's important that everybody has their own opinion and their own perspective of it and that's really opened up my mind a lot yeah
0: don't and think, I oh I'm sorry it's,
3: that's all right I was just going to say that I think that we all kind of you know we all had our certain direction or what we thought was right and wrong and you know our like you've been saying our opinions but it's nice to bounce ideas across the board and we sometimes get in these long discussions where we're taking a lot longer than we need to to discuss a topic, but I just think it's great to see that there's other guys in this community that are doing the same things or or have the same beliefs as myself, you know, and, and trying to do their part to try and make it just a better community. I get it's, it's a big, it's a big task. I don't think it's going to stop with the 10 of us. I think it's got to be a bigger movement. I think you got to get more people involved. I think that it's got to be More on a national type level than just you know this small little group, but I think you have to start somewhere. Imagine that
0: (laughs) your program's
4: got to go national. Well, it kind of has. It
0: kind of has a little bit actually. Uh, Yeah, it's received attention from from a lot of a lot of places in the country. But it's it's really exciting to hear that this was a success because for me that that's one of the biggest successes having these conversations. when I was interviewing you all and so just for those listening in order to be selected from the for the program it was it ended up being actually super competitive which I did not expect but we had a ton of people we had a nomination process and then from there you could apply and then from there you were interviewed and then we had a background check process and then my staff team is safe like looked it over and we discussed everybody and we had everyone's like qualifications on the board and we like developed this team and we ended up being this whole huge thing. I've like seen that. It, was a huge <laughs> that it a took a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it was a very thoughtful process. But in the interview part, when I was interviewing you all, a huge like common thread between each of you was, this is important. It needs to be talked about, but I don't know how to talk about it and I don't know what to say, and I don't know if I'm going to sound stupid saying it, and I don't know if it's going to be well-received, and that was just a huge anxiety for so many people throughout the interview process. So for me, hearing you guys say that is such a huge success that you're can, you, you feeling like you're starting to have the tools to talk about some of these things and feeling less nervous to bring up a conversation about it. I
3: don't it. feel like I had the tools before this. I mean, I, I, I felt at a loss in some, some scenarios. You know, you don't know you don't know what to do and so i feel like that's that that's what i'm hoping to get out of this is just a, a base understanding of the tools the knowledge the understanding the you know group to lean on and the support from ev- uh, everyone else in the group to try and just use those tools to make you know my kids grow up in a world that is a, a better place than it is right now
0: yeah well, and you bring up a really good point. Like, you had a very specific thing that drew you to the program that got you excited about the idea of it. Did, did you guys have that same feeling, or was it kind of just a, let's see how it goes? Uh, I think it was
1: similar for me. Um, kind of with you, Don. this is something that I'm just kind of generally pretty passionate about, gender-based violence, and I was super excited to hear about that, that there was something in my community that would allow me to really get more involved, that was designed for someone like me who wanted to really take a stance against this stuff and wanted to be given more opportunity. And that that was just really cool. So I've been excited about this really since I heard about it, that I like there was a chance for me in my community to actually make a difference and to learn how to bring this to other people and other facets of different communities I live in and just kind of empower me and the other people in the program in that way. I thought that was super, super cool. Well, I was me excited
0: about
5: that? Yeah. Y- yeah, and for me, um, like I sort of stumbled upon the the group. Thankfully, in time to um, to apply an interview and everything for it. Um, but I was doing a, a different training, and and this came up and thought it was really interesting. But in my previous job, in a at a previous pl- place, um, I had the opportunity to work on some different cases that involved some um, intimate partner violence and some stalking and things like that. And I felt so incompetent trying to like wade my way through this. And thankfully my boss was involved in all of this and he was not incompetent. Um, And so that sort of, that experience for me made me want to learn more and just have a better understanding of what we're dealing with.
0: Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. I think, and this is something I talk about a lot when I do presentations. Is I feel like we're always hearing about sexual assault, or we're always hearing about abusive relationships, or whatever. But it's really hard to contextualize what that looks like. Like you hear sexual assault, and you're like, oh, yep, sexual assault, got it. But like, what is sexual assault, right? And getting super into it, I don't think most people have the the knowledge about that. I agree with you.
5: Yeah, and it's and it's really easy to to sort of have that thought and be like was that something was that assault and then and then forget about it and go on with your day and I think we all sort of realized that that was a problem that we want to like learn more about
4: it totally it was an interesting idea for me to become involved in it it seemed like in the last couple years I had kind of started to make a transition similar to this when I took the position that I'm in now at the PD um, one thing that came with that position was being a member of the sexual assault response team. And so I didn't have much to do with any of this before that, but then once that started and I got involved with that group and had an opportunity to go to um, an End Violence Against Women International Conference in Chicago last year, that really started to change my, my thinking and kind of the direction of my path, I guess. And this kind of falls right in line with uh, a lot of the stuff that Chief Staller's is doing at the PD and bringing a lot of this stuff in. Um, just next week, even, we're uh, starting this new process, um, this enhancing community trust uh, thing that he is bringing. as a program that he's gotten us involved in through the International Association of Chiefs of Police, where the Laramie Police Department was selected as one of six departments nationwide to take part of this pilot program that deals around law enforcement's response to domestic violence and sexual assault and stalking and, and um, all gender-based violence crimes. And so our department, I feel like, is really trying to move down that road, and this is just another piece that has added that for me and allowed me to take a bigger part in that, and I'm glad to be able to be part of that
0: kind of fell right in line for you.
4: It did, yeah. it really did. Yeah. And had a great time too, so. Yeah. It was
0: just, meant to be.
4: It was, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Um, I, I know that I've, I've talked to you guys about this before, but I just wonder if it, if you have thoughts about it. Um, I view learning about domestic violence and sexual assault, gender-based violence as kind of like turning on a light switch. Do you guys remember me talking about yeah. this? Yeah. And so, it, in my perspective, at least this is how it was for me, and a lot of people say the same thing, is it's like, um, before you start learning about this stuff, you're very comfortable in the dark, and it feels good, and it's warm, and it feels great, you know, very cozy. Um, but once you start learning about gender-based violence, you kind of, like, flip a light switch, and all of a sudden you see it all, and it is all there, and it is terrifying for me, I mean, I don't know, and I don't love it, and it's really gross, and, and once you move forward and you're like, oh, okay, well, that was a terrible documentary, or that was a crazy thing that my neighbor went through, or whatever, you know, the light switch is on, moving forward from that, you try and turn the light switch off, and in my experience, it was like, okay, well, this can't doesn't do feel that. good anymore, <laughs> because I know what's out there, I just can't see it, um, I wondered if anything like that has happened to you, or since being in the program, if if your thoughts have changed at all.
3: I think... It's everywhere. You see it on the news every day for, I mean, it doesn't matter what, you know, news station you watch or radio or whatever, or, you know, you listen to a song sometimes and it's like, you listen to the words and start thinking about stuff and it's like, hmm, that's maybe, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you just. Uh-huh. I can't, I, I think your example is dead on with the light switch. It seems like now you start noticing this over here and this over there and thinking back to you know, this situation or whatever. And it's like, you feel like you didn't do your part. And that's, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You kind of feel helpless to a certain degree. And so moving forward, I kind of hope that that's, you know what I mean? You can do your part instead of not do your part. Like you have been or whatever. Yeah.
0: so you're describing kind of like looking into the past, too, you have a new light, and you're like, oh, that was different than I expected. Yeah, yeah that happens to uh-huh. me all the time. Like songs that I used
2: to love Yes. and like rap to, like Love the Way You Lie by Eminem. Yep. And then I started working here, and I was like, oh. No,
0: that's that's <laughs> what I, gets, that so. is, not a sure That what is That is. Somebody got
2: killed in that song. Babe. Literally
0: dead. Yep, <laughs> yep. OK, cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) repeats. Love it. It's so catchy. Yeah, it is catchy. (laughs) Yeah, no, but really, like once you start learning about this, you're like, oh, that was not what I not what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: (laughs) Mm, No more rap songs.
0: (laughs) No, that's no. I will tell you that's a different game. We do gangster rap. We do love it, and it's a. That's a. We should podcast about that. Yeah, we probably should. We should process.
1: Can you do a podcast as a rap?
0: Oh, oh! We could try. Well, that that, that is a rap. challenge. Ritty raps. <laughs> Britney raps. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That would actually be interesting though I to do a we... podcast about uh, rap songs that we love. I think we should. Yes. Yeah. Well, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <through> the roof.
1: <laughs> I'd agree with Don. That it really is, and what you were saying too, Libby, is that like, once you start thinking about this stuff, it's hard to go back. It's a complete paradigm shift. It's like you put on a different pair of glasses. Nothing is the same. You can't really look at things the same way. And it just doesn't go away. You're always thinking about this stuff. You're always looking at situations from this angle. So it doesn't matter how much you try to ignore it. Um, it's just always kind of there. And that was very vague, the language I used. I apologize, but... I get what you're
2: saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Well, I'm clear. Yeah. I don't know if you had that. I mean, you probably, as a cop, uh, see it Yeah, I think kinda the like experience was a little different for me. sniff out a yeah. user from a mile away. Yeah, but.
4: and it seemed like that light switch turned on for me a long time ago. Right, yeah, you know? totally. And so, I guess the what the group has brought to me, though, is maybe some more perspective to that. And maybe, I don't know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, the light in the room has been on for a long time, and maybe this is helping me to organize what I see. Sure.
0: Oh.
4: But unfortunately, yeah, in law enforcement for 15 years, that light switch got turned on and broken off a long time <laughs> ago. So it's just on automatic on all the time. So, Do you feel like
2: this has given you more of an insight into what survivors like what goes on with survivors more so than just being like just your experience as a police officer absolutely yeah Yeah.
4: so before I guess just as a police officer maybe you would um take a call like this and and have a a short brief interaction with a with a survivor and then that investigation would be done for you and you would move on to whatever's next Mm -hmm. and that's you put it out of your mind and To some extent, you kind of have to do that because we see so much bad stuff, you know, just over and over and over. It's not that wonderful all of the time. No. Uh, So, you know, you see these horrible, horrible things and the horrible things that people do to each other over and over and over, and you have to find a way to kind of put that out of your mind. But this has, it has brought some different perspective to me about, you know, maybe life moving forward for a survivor after their initial contact with having to report something like this. So it, it has made a little different and, and shifted my mind yeah. in the way that I think about it as I approach a situation like that. Yeah. That actually kind of made, a, made
3: me think of something As you said of a, a survivor reporting. That was one of the things that I never understood. I thought mm. it was just call up, get a protection order. Is Ignorant as that might sound, I really thought it was pretty cut and dry. And Which most people probably think that it in is. And going dry. through this, you know, the discussion we had about that was very eye-opening, to say the least. To you know, the reasons they don't report, why they might go back, or why they might, why they make the decisions they make. You know, because once again, when you when you don't understand what's going on there, it's hard for you to. If you've never been in that situation, it's hard for you to understand why it's not like well just go to the police station or go to you know a friend's house or go to family or whatever and then I I think that's been a really big just a hard thing for me to wrap my mind around is that exact you know concept of why you know exactly what you're just kind of mentioning so that I apologize, I just kind of popped into no, my mind. No, you're
0: right? exactly right, and you're describing our podcast 100% in that, yeah. like, we call our podcast the tip of the iceberg, is because, like, what we see is this tiny little ice thing sticking out of the water, and that's what the world sees, right, is this little, little iceberg, but in reality, what we're talking about is, like, all of these things underneath that make it difficult to report. And, and
3: that's a huge issue in itself. <laughs>
0: right, but never gets any conversation. Right. right,
3: people know it's there, but they don't want to... They don't want to know it's and there. And they don't like
2: understand they, it. Yeah, you know, they, don't, like, they
3: don't have a clue how to handle it or deal with it or right. the resources of who to call in this situation or what to do. And
2: Well, and I think a huge part of people's frustration with domestic violence is why don't survivors of domestic violence just get out? Like, why would you stay with a man who beats you? Like... Mm-hmm.
0: don't even well I won't even, I, I won't I promise but um, but she's, I think she's saying this because fans of our podcast that I've heard a few episodes know that this is our hot button topic. yeah it's it's very like I could talk her. like she's looking at me she's like don't worry Libby I'm not going to derail your podcast <laughs> I <promise> I won't.
2: <laughs> we're not going to get into it but I think that's really important that like Don's right. saying like now I get that like that's mission accomplished I mean right. I think that once people get that then they become so much more. But then empathetic. it goes farther
3: too as to why other people don't take the time to understand that. Do you know what I mean? It's
2: Yeah, and I think like it's a it's a relatively simple answer as to why like they don't leave because they usually get killed when they leave. Like that's, well, that's the most dangerous time is when they're leaving. That's pretty easy. And also they have no money because he controls all that money. And all these other things. But I think like once you explain that to someone they're like, Oh well yeah, I wouldn't leave either. But you know, I, I think Yeah, it it's, sounds so simple when it you're sounds describing it.
0: Well,
2: but it's really hard to grasp and so like teaching the, ten people a year, I think that's huge. I think you're that's that's huge for you.
0: Well that's the goal. That's actually the goal of yeah. Safe Men is that we are going to pull ten safe men people who are thoroughly vetted to be safe <laughs> uh-huh. right based on our our interview process that and I described it was yeah, intense it, it's right extensive. but you guys all passed the test that you are safe and it means a lot to me to have you be safe because when you complete this program we've talked about this right like you are going to be safe and forever you've done the work you've put in the time to learn stuff you've you've Accomplish some sort of project that you will decide you you've put in the time you've put in the work you have put in the energy To engage in this work to end Gender-based violence, right? And so that's why it's so exciting to have you all here and to be so invested in the program The whole idea is that you're gonna finish this program and then we're gonna have a whole new ten men and we're gonna start it over and over and over and over again for years and years and years hopefully and by the end and by the time I retire or get bored or whatever, <laughs> oh, safe men, Laramie will be all safe men. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's the goal. Like thousands of them. Just all of them. So, yep. There will be no unsafe men. Oh. Who it, then uh, leave
4: the community and take that other places. and okay. Imagine well, the you ripples know, you are you know, creating. That's right. true. Oh, that's I'm true. sorry.
0: In my head when you said that, I thought you said. I thought in my head it was like a very offensive. Like we're pushing all the unsafe men out of I my mean, uh. and they're pushed into other places. And imagine the ripples you're having with me. No, you know? no. I'm like, no, okay, no well, that's
4: terrible. <laughs> <man. laughs> I just thought, I thought we part. were being positive.
0: <laughs> that was terrible for me. But you're right. You're right. You're absolutely no, right. No, the about
4: po- that. I should have said the positive ripples that you are creating. Oh,
0: that the- was that was scary for me. <laughs> hope is that it will happen right because like um we are gonna take this and you guys are gonna keep doing this and keep being safe men and the people you come in contact with will will leave you a little bit safer than they found you kind of like the boy scouts Okay. Well, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. Well, you do You know where I was going with that. That's another podcast. You know where I was going with that, right? We all know where I was going. Mm, mm, I don't. No, like you know, like you're supposed to leave a place cleaner than you found it. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unlike the voice count. That's the motto, right? Yep. I was never I do
3: not I don't. I've never <laughs> heard <of> that. <laughs> I know that's okay. Well, and I'm wrong.
0: And
2: I, and I think <laughs> the coolest part is that a lot of our safe men are dads or future dads and we know that prevention starts from the cradle right like primary prevention little kids so that's huge too that like you guys are learning tools to raise good humans yeah right I think I think
0: that's pretty great I think so too yeah and I think that's actually been a huge part of the conversation for a lot of the meetings that we've had is is whether you have children or not I think what we're identifying is that all of this comes back to prevention, mm-hmm. and that ends up being something that I think is brought up at least once every meeting, right? Is like, yeah. that how do we prevent this? How do we stop it? And it all comes back to to well,
3: it's become so acceptable in society. For I mean, watch a movie and mm-hmm. you know TV show, and some of the stuff has just gotten so crude. It's it's just the normal, unfortunately, and I don't I don't think it has to be that way. I just think. That's where we've gotten to, and now how do we get out of that spot, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. With programs
4: like
3: this that... Well, fair enough.
4: Right. That yeah, start that, enough, that yeah. positive trend instead of that negative teaching of our of our youth in our community, that right. they, they see all of that. And if they see this, the positive side of, of this, and how to do this correctly, is that a long road? Absolutely. Is it going to take a while to get there? Probably. But... We're headed down the right road of teaching the young people of our community, setting that example that goes against what has become the normal in our society and what has become. And we talked about this a couple months ago in in the session, right? About how society just has become accepting of, of some of this that's not acceptable.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love what you're saying because everyone knows I love a metaphor, obviously, but I like what you're saying about like going down the right road and it's a long road and I totally agree with you. But I I think based on what I've seen in this program so far, like we are going down that road and it is slow, but I think we're going down it very loudly and with like confetti and symbols, right? Yeah. Because um, so far this program has gotten a lot of attention from the media and that's one thing, like to put in a completely other basket, but leaving all that out i think even if it was just a very quiet program the fact that by the end of this year you will all do your own project that spreads that out and each what each project you do is like a symbol that draws people's attention to or a confetti popper or a firework or whatever we're like pulling people's attention toward this um more than I ever could do my job here is outreach right but there's no way that I could do 10 projects in 10 different realms like we have people talking about doing like implementing curriculums in in schools and we have people talking about doing like wide events and we have people talking about doing prevention work or changing business policies or doing a lot of prevention with kids and adults and, and all over the board here that I never would have been able to do by myself. So it is a long road, but I think with this program we're walking down it very loudly <laughs> and drawing attention. Well, that do, I mean that
4: gives me an idea about a project Ooh. Yeah, like, uh, there you like go. John Belushi Blues Brothers style. Just, <laughs> Are you going to take the symbols to the, the streets? Mega <laughs> megaphone mega on the car, just driving <laughs> through the streets, bringing the message. <laughs> Yeah. In your cop car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think Chief Stalin's a little that of no, <laughs> But, it. but just, uh, you know, the bit the you a the bit of a little we of a we we of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a mean that's a good a visual that came to my mind yeah, not not, not what I'm going to do for the project. <laughs> sure.
5: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Maybe. I'm in. <laughs> it's an idea. I wrote it down. I, we, so. do <laughs> we do have a microphone. We do have a microphone.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that kind of brings up to a good thing to, to talk about maybe before we end is um, what do you see your life looking like after this program, right? This was just... A brief moment of your time, its one year out of all the years you'll live in your life, but how do you think you'll move forward from this?
3: I think for me, it's, I have two kids that are younger and I definitely want to try and instill in them what we've taken from this at a younger age to maybe where they can grow up with their friends, you know, doing the right thing, making the right decisions, not just, I don't know
4: treating people it's, yeah
3: treating trendy, people with respect and, and, and the way they would to want to be treated you know you always hear that but then it's kind of goes to the wayside in certain scenarios so I think for me you know I want to do that and then also I mean I see myself maybe helping out a future the next 10 guys that want to do this and trying to it is a very long road that we've talked about or a high mountain or whatever you however you want to put it and you have to start somewhere. You can't just keep pushing it off, pushing it off. Eh, somebody else will take care of it. You have to, you have to jump in with both feet. You're probably gonna get some criticism over it. You're probably gonna get, you know, the people that don't understand your view. The, you're not gonna fix everyone. That's just a given. But I think that all of us can probably agree that we have to start somewhere. We have to try and get the word out. We have to try and do our part to help other people do their part, and then move forward from that point.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: I'd say for me, um, Safe Men is a really great program, partially because we're able to sit down and learn about all these things that aren't talked about in the same amount of depth in just most people's everyday life. Um, But after Safe Men ends, I want to continue that same fervor and passion regarding my education of gender-based violence and these types of issues. I want to be constantly learning about this stuff and in the know and make sure I'm keeping up with things Mm -hmm. rather than letting it pass me by and growing comfortable in this ignorance and not being able to help. Additionally, I think Safe Men has helped instill um, a fiercer confidence within me to Mm -hmm. really stand up for these different ideas and approach them from a firmer, more public manner. And that is something that I'm going to carry with me in probably an obnoxious way going forward after. Loudly. Loudly. Symbols in hand after Safe Minutes. I love that.
0: Well, and I don't want to out you, but I know that you've signed up for a volunteer training. So I think Gabe's going to be a volunteer advocate in the future, too. Well, there it is.
1: That's my secret. I know you're waiting for it. Um,
5: (laughs) It's out of the bag
4: now. (laughs)
0: But you're
5: committed to action in the future. Today.
0: Yes, yes,
5: I am. And I, I, like, I just really agree with um, something you said. Like, you just have more confidence um, approaching these subjects or or standing up for things. And hundred percent, like that, you hit the nail on the head for the way I'm feeling and was having a hard time articulating it. Like, seeing things, and rather than sort of noticing that something's off and just not knowing what to do or, um, just having the confidence to kind of step up and like even something simple as like, Hey, that actually wasn't a funny joke. Or mm-hmm. did you hear what you just said? You know, kind of things like just those simple things that I don't think I, um, would have been able to do before this. This has sort of given me the confidence to do that. Um,
0: to kind of like pull it into the everyday. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and just sort of knowing that the position I'm coming from is the right one, <laughs> um, and just feeling feeling okay about that. And if somebody doesn't like that, that's okay. Um, but I, I'd say the other thing that I hope to sort of take away from this is sort of already happened. Like in trying to figure out what I want to do with my project, I sort tried to network with some people around campus. Um, and that got me involved in some different like committees and, um, groups on campus where I just met a bunch of really awesome people that I, and I hope to stay involved with those committees, um, where they're, it's, um, like ending sexual assault addressing sexual assault on campus and things like that. And so getting to meet some really awesome campus advocates and sort of network out that way. And I, I want to. Carry that way beyond just this year.
0: Almost like a domino effect. Like you know, you push the first domino over, and from that, you're you're getting confidence, but you're also gaining a, a network of people who believe what you believe. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah, I would go back, and I'm going to piggyback off of what Don said a minute ago about um, you know raising kids in in this world, and I want to move forward from here and have my son see me be involved in this and that this is important and then that's just naturally going to then be his stance on that you know to have that positive influence Mm -hmm. so that he sees that yeah that's important that's important to me and I, I think a great lesson and one of the things that I hope that this group is about and is going to do is that's what the kind of men that we want we want people to stand up and be that person and then their children see them being that person and then that's the person their children will be when they grow up and then that ripple effect just goes on and on and on and so that's ultimately what I hope to take out of this uh, you know a better future for my kids I guess
5: yeah.
4: Yeah. And at the same time it's going to help me in, in my job also and, and that's always important
2: well and I think it has that ripple effect in your job because you are in a leadership position at the police department and you guys have worked so hard on changing that culture that you talked about. And so for you to have gone through this program and to be able to influence existing officers, incoming officers who are new to your work is really powerful. And I think sets up the Laramie police department for a future of trauma informed, um, and caring officers who are going to go out in the community and, right you know do really good work yeah which is awesome yeah
0: and I would even go further to say that I think that applies to everyone in the safe men program because I we've talked about the diversity of jobs here and I I feel confident in saying that I don't think that there is a person in our safe men program that isn't a leader I think everyone that's in our safe men program has an element of leadership, whether they identify as a leader or not. I don't think you'd sign up for this program if you weren't ready to- Make changes. Make change and be a leader in that way. And so whether you are working in an after-school program or a university or WyoTech or um, wherever all of our safe men are working, being that person, being that safe man, it shows. You know? Sorry. And, and your actions change and your attitude changes and people notice. Yeah. So I think I think that could apply to all of you. Um, one last question to end on, unless anyone has anything else they want to add, is looking at Safe Men, the program as a whole, if that were to be as successful as possible, what would that look like to you?
1: To, me, you oh. to me, I think it would look like it being a complete household name. That no matter where I was, no matter who I was talking about, I could say safe men and they would understand what that meant understand what that is because there are a lot of people i mean like this program is relatively new but there are a lot of people who i talk about who don't even have really a good grasp on a, a lot of these issues or be some of the resources in our community to help with that so i would love to be able to say safe men if people know exactly what it's talking about what it stands for uh, how can th- how they can get involved because unfortunately, um, not just the program, I, I don't mean the program, but unfortunately I feel still feel like there are just way too many men in our community that don't have a good grasp on this stuff and don't really understand the significance or the pertinence of it. And so to have this be incredibly successful to me would mean that everyone understood what it was and that it was a fixture of our community and an important thing that couldn't be just wiped away.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: mm-hmm. it's, I suppose that's more ideological than.
3: I said dream big, but I
0: said dream big. I'm in.
3: I think for me it'd be to have others follow in the footsteps and keep the program just alive, keep people interested. You know, we're not all going to leave here and fix the entire world. We can't mm-hmm. do that, but Speak for I yourself, feel like <laughs> <laughs> I know, dream big, right? No, but I feel like even if we can do our part in just the areas that we work, the people we interact with, I feel like that in itself is, I mean, that is a step moving forward. I know that, you know, moving into other communities, other, you know, entities would be obviously the ultimate goal. But I just think even small steps are sometimes a big step in this world. It's, you know, even if you're helping one person, that's better than helping no one type thing. I agree. And I think that... You know, I agree with you that dreaming huge is definitely
4: good, but I think you have to small steps at the same time. I think uh, to add to what Gabe said too, you know, just every community's advocacy would have something like this or, I mean, you started it, so we might as well just call it safe man everywhere in the world, you know, right? (laughs) Absolutely. So that everybody knows what that is and it's the same. Uh, but that—that's how I see. As this grows, it starts here, and then you know maybe the communities around us start to get it, and then it's all through the state, and then everybody says, "Oh, well, look at what Wyoming is doing uh, with this." And you know this—this this news article that spread around has already went to several states, um, so that can happen. So I could see that happening, and, and then just a safe men project in every advocacy, every community's Advocacy, mm-hmm. as part of it.
5: Yeah. Mm, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything that hasn't already been said. I like what everyone has said. Um, I, I, I guess what I see as a huge success is if it, we can start seeing some some trickle down, um, and some acceptance into acceptance of the importance of prevention and working with um, younger populations in the community and understanding the ripple effect that that will have years down the road um, would be a a gigantic win, I think, if we can start actually noticing some differences in like, hey, one of these groups did a project on prevention and they worked with kids, and now we're not seeing as many problems. Um, Again, that's sort of a pie-in-the-sky ideological, but I think that would be awesome. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that building from what we've done now and continuing to bring new men into the program and having you guys be a part of that next group and then having them be a part of the next group. I think that will be really cool. Um, And I know that we've, you know, we've definitely been contacted by neighboring States and other programs who are curious about the program. And so, you know, I think kind of just opening the door to, engaging men in our work and having you know just kind of like lighting that having that light bulb go off right for like other programs um like that's a really good idea yeah I hadn't thought of that I hadn't thought of a way to do that that's really cool um I think that's neat that we've started that conversation with a lot of other programs besides ours yeah, absolutely. So, I think that's pretty. Neat. Just
3: flat ending domestic violence, sexual assault. That good... Yeah, I'll say that. That would <laughs> be my answer.
0: I think for me, what it looks like is, and I, I think I have, well, I'll always have a special place in my heart for safe men, obviously, but I think I love the idea. As I was interviewing people, it became very clear to me that a lot of the safe men in, in this program feel like they are kind of a lone wolf and a person that they are the person in their life that cares about this and they feel kind of isolated in that like they are the person that's engaged and so for me the biggest the biggest mark of success would be to number one have the people in this program not feel like they're alone. And stay in touch and stay together knowing that they that there are this group of people that backs them, that, that they all care about this and they all want to see change on it. And and if they have a hard day or they hear something terrible from a coworker, like Jason can call Gabe and be like, Well that was messed up and no one else understands and I don't I like and just totally totally have a support system in that way. So I think that is it would be a huge success for me. Um, but secondarily I think having this program continue mm-hmm. and to move forward and and it's my hope that each of the the ten men in our group this year will nominate one or two people for the program next year and it'll continue to grow and I hope for my sake and parents sake that it's it doesn't get more competitive because that was extremely stressful to pick nice. but I do hope that we remain um, a program that pulls in diverse safe men to learn more about this and that all have an investment and in, and, and we create a culture of, of safe men in our community that all have each other's backs and, and, and know that they are not the one person that cares about this. There are many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if you feel like you are the one person that cares about gender-based violence, <laughs> give us a shout. Um, our Safe Men program for this year will run until December. Uh, but starting in November or December, we'll start taking applicants for, for the next year. So if that's you, reach out, learn more about our program at safeproject.org or give us a call. Um, if you are in need of an advocate for whatever reason, please call our hotline, whether you are in Wyoming or you are in Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a call because even if you're not close by, we can, we can connect you with where you need to be. And I know that, not everyone listening is from Albany County or Wyoming. So our hotline number is 307-745-3556. And I think that does it. Do you, does anyone have anything else they want to say? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then we'll just say uh, goodbye. goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.